the Playhouse and That's Not Canon Productions acknowledge the Yuggera people, traditional custodians of the land on which we are recording this show today and all surrounding areas where we live, learn and work. We also pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging. Whoa. I can't help myself. It's a catchy song. <laughs> what is that song? It's our theme song. It's like, is this like an old classic song? Well, soon to be a classic. Ready? How are you, Brooke? Oh, such so good. So, so, good. so good. How are you? I'm feeling well. And hello to the roomies out there. Hey, roomies. Hey, roomies. I'm going to ask you a question. Oh. You love Disney, don't you? So much. Would you like to tell us a little quick, a quick statement? Not a statement. Give me an essay. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of a opinions on what you think Disney is like. What do you like about Disney? What do I like about Disney? Oh no! Uh, here we go. You've opened a can of worms. Because That's you, why did, I said, oh, no. you did go overseas, though, didn't you? I did work for Disney. It was magical. It was the best thing ever. Mm. Um, ooh, okay. I love what I love about Disney is that they have a way of tapping into. A nostalgia that's not necessarily collective. I think people young and old can experience Disney products mm-hmm. and it will always connect with them in some way. Yeah. And it's usually through that nostalgic element, regardless of if they're kids or if they're old people like me. Yeah, regardless of the age. Yeah. If you're a kid, if you're an adult, doesn't matter. Yeah. What about <laughs> you, Chels? I want to, um, tell me about something that you liked in your childhood. Well, my one's a bit different. Like As much as I like Disney... I'm much more of uh, leaning towards the Wizarding World. <gasps> the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. You can talk. I'll just oh. sing under you. Yeah, go for it. Now, with Harry Potter, I did enjoy the films very much. And funny enough, I didn't read the books. But at the same time, it made me read the books. And I loved it very much. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't. I knew the, bit, the high note was coming. I was like, I've got to pull out now. <laughs> Podcast boys trying to do a high note, deaf in oh, everyone. But yeah, anything like what you explained as well with the whole Disney World atmosphere as well as the Wizarding World as well, you're able to leave your own world and be transported into a new one, into a new new universe. A new universe, you new, say? New universe. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a yes. new universe. Well, our guest today. Yes, our next guest is all too familiar with the magic of performance. Yes! A Brisbane gal with world-class talent, Madeline Ratcliffe, has performed all throughout Brisbane, breathing life into iconic roles such as Cinderella before jetting off in the very start of 2020 and is now a performer in Universal Studios, Japan. Oh, my gosh. She is Priya's very looking lucky. at me. I think she wants us to go like, she's in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, she just had this look in her eye when I said Japan. She's like, go for it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Be more yeah. chill reference. <laughs> honestly, but honestly, though, it is so inspiring to see how much she's achieved. And I'm so excited to hear all about it and how she's got there. Also performing during COVID as oh, well. Yeah. But we're going to ask her all those questions. It's Are a hard hitting interview. Let's, let's transport all the way to Japan. Hold my hand, Brooke. Here we go. Here we go. We actually held hands then. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Madeline. How are you? 
I'm good. How are you? We're doing fabulous right now. So for the fabulous listeners uh, listening to the podcast episode right now, you're not in Brisbane at the moment. I'm not. I'm all the way in Osaka, Japan. <gasps> that sounds very glamorous. That's a journey. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you in Japan? <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I am actually over here on a professional performance contract doing some singing and some acting and things like that. Awesome. When did you start um, the contract? Well, um, I started the performance contract uh, January 2020. So I flew over straight after Christmas. um, And then the contract sort of started straight away from there. And I've been working from then all the way until I should be finishing early next year. So 2022. Wow, a two-year contract. Yeah. Oh, that's such a long time to be away from home. But can you I know, us? it's mad. <laughs> oh, but I, I want to ask you what the audition process was like. Yeah, so it was funny because I auditioned twice for this job. So the first time I auditioned, I just kind of was auditioning for a bunch of things, just kind of seeing where I would sit and how far I could go. Um, and I didn't get very far in the first one. I remember on the day there were so many people there for the singer call. I did like the singers who can move call. Um, and there were heaps of people and they came out after everyone had gone in and they were like, so we're not actually going to take anyone so you can all go home. So the audition was really fast and took no time at all. And so for my second year, I thought it would just be the same. And so I had actually had a photo shoot that morning for Cinderella so I got up really early, did all of my hair and makeup for the Cinderella photo shoot, went and did that, then straight from the photo shoot, drove straight into the city to do this audition. And I hadn't eaten because I thought, I'll just be done super fast. <laughs> um, and I think I ate maybe like a cheese and bacon roll or something like that I just had. I was like, oh, I'll just eat something. Um, went and did this audition, did the first round, which was just the song that they had given us to prepare and I was fully expecting for the same thing to happen because often they'll get to Australia and they'll sort of have all the places filled which is why that happens but then they came out and gave me callback material for a specific show and so I had to learn that really quickly um, which was really fun put all of my sight reading skills to the test Um, I went back in did that came back out. I thought, okay, maybe that will be it. Maybe, maybe I'll be done now. But then they gave me a monologue to learn. So I had to learn that and it had Japanese in it. I didn't speak, (laughs) didn't speak very much Japanese at that point. So I was just sort of fumbling through the whole monologue, (laughs) just hoping that it would just like be passable. Went in and I thought at that stage, like that was it. I thought I can't even speak Japanese. They're not going to, they're not going to want to see anything else. But the audition just kept going. They just kept calling me back for more and more things. And it ended up going for six hours. I was so hungry by the end of it. (laughs) But um, we had to do a dance call and then we got measured and there was an interview process, like a job interview kind of deal um, from there. And then we had to just wait until we heard anything from there. So, How did you find out that you got the contract? Well, I remember on the day I had like a pretty good feeling about it because everyone was seeming to be very like, 
oh, you know, we might see you there then. And I was like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> um, are you just joking with me? What, what do you mean? But I had to wait maybe a month and they um, ended up saying, like, can you send over some documents and stuff, like my passport. So I hadn't officially, like, heard or seen a contract, but they said, can you just start preparing some things for us? So once I'd done that, I thought, oh, this is seeming pretty like pretty legit. I think this is probably going to happen. And then um, two months before my flight is when I got my contract. They told me that it will start on this day, you'll fly out on this day and all the stuff. And then it was just go, go, go until I left. So full steam ahead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and since you've been there, what has been your favourite thing about Japan? There's so many things. I didn't think I'd love it here as much as I do. The culture is so different and um, it's just little things like the trains are always on time. It's such a blessing. <laughs> You're never sitting around waiting for right, waiting for your public transport to arrive. Like if the train is at this time, you know it's going to be that time. I love the people here. Everyone is so polite and nice and easy to get along with. And all the people who I work with are superstars and they're just some of the best people I've ever met. So it's, it's all just been so brilliant. Oh, and the food. The food's great too. Oh, yeah. Don't um, forget about the food. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what was the response like for you as a performer from the audience members at the studios? Is it is it different compared to Brisbane or is it similar? I mean, it's pretty different. We have the Japanese um, audiences. They get very attached to the shows and quite obsessive. They just will take a billion photographs of you, post them all over Instagram and they'll sort of claim you. And it's just wild. You just don't expect it, but it's almost like there's some sort of like fame aspect to the job where all these people instantly recognize you because they see you every single day perform this show. They're all lovely though. And they send you gifts. Um, It's just such a different dynamic than anything else I think because there's not even like a stage door or anything they have to like post your little mail in the mailbox and hope that it gets to you and they draw you things and they're just all so lovely they can be a bit intense but for the most part they're just lovely and they they respect you so much as well and respect your craft so much you'd think that maybe they would just be like obsessed with you for the character you're playing or whatever but they really do have an appreciation for the talent as well, which is really cool. So, And so rewarding at the same time. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Now, you were touching on this a little bit earlier when you were talking about your audition, but your final show in Australia before jetting off to Japan was Lynch and Patterson Cinderella as Cinderella. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which, how did that feel going from, yeah, Cindy all the way over to a certain school (laughs) (laughs) and I'll leave it there well (laughs) yeah (laughs) I think Cinderella was a big moment for me because I mean how could you not love her she's such a gorgeous character to play and um it was such a lovely show and the show was so full of love and I loved every second of it and I think I it was almost like I found my groove Finally, I'd, you know, finished studying and then I'd done this year out of, out of anything and just kind of auditioning and things like that and doing Cinderella and finding out about the contract at the same time. It was 
all, it was very overwhelming. I remember feeling very overwhelmed because <laughs> I was like, oh, little old me, like Aww. all this is happening to just me. I can't, I couldn't believe it. I think it was the right place at the right time for me because I met so many wonderful people who I've stayed in touch with and who have supported me so much from that cast of Cinderella all the way to Japan, especially because it's been, there's aspects of being here that's lonely because we can't see anyone from home because of, you know, the pandemic. But I'll always be able to lean on those people and stay in contact with those people. And it's been such a blessing while I've been here. That's lovely. And you also understudied Belle at the Phoenix Ensemble. Yes, I did. Yes. So what was the rehearsal process like from learning multiple tracks and what kind of tips do you give for actors for that, for that as well? Yeah. Well, I was my first time officially understudying a role. I think in uni I did a few uh, things where I would just sort of learn a whole song just in case anyone dropped out and I had to sing their line. But understudying a, a well, the lead role was huge um, Belle is one of my dream roles, so that was really exciting. But the the whole rehearsal process, I mean, I was there every single day and every single night that there was a rehearsal because I had to be there for all of the Belle rehearsals and also the ensemble rehearsals. I just remember I learned so much from the lead, from the girl who was playing Belle. She just she was such, such a huge help to me because I think I was a bit sort of all over the place to begin with. I didn't really know what was going on or what to do, how to carry myself through the rehearsals, but being able to follow another actor and learn from them, especially because she is older than me. She'd done a bunch of things. I found that really inspiring. I think my advice for other actors, especially learning multiple roles and doing multiple tracks, I wrote everything down and I had color coordinated everything. Like this is where I have to be here. This is where I have to be here. I asked a lot of questions. Like I just didn't shy away from that. I thought if I don't understand something, I'm just going to ask because that way I'm not going to miss anything. I'm going to know exactly what's going on. I didn't, I didn't want to be shy. I think another thing is to explore the character yourself and not, not copy exactly what the other actor is doing because there are moments where you can find where you would sit with that character and your own experiences. And that's what makes understudying so brilliant is that, you know, you go and see a show and if the understudy is on, it should be exciting because you know how hard that person has worked and how it's going to be a different show, but it's still going to be the same show, but it's going to be just as brilliant. And that, that's what I loved about understudying. Bless. Bless. <laughs> I also wanted to know, you've, you've created a few of your own cabarets now. What's the creative oh, process yeah. there like? Well, I think it's different for every performer. Personally, I look at songs first and songs that I want to sing. And I write a big list of songs that have great storytelling moments in it. And I go, okay, well, how could I fit this into a, into a story about a person? And that's what I did for my first cabaret, um, which was Trudy. And it was about this cleaning lady who 
cleaned at a theatre and she just wanted her big break. And one night she stumbled upon the theatre when it was still full of people. And so that's where the cabaret was set. And it all was because I really wanted to sing I'm a Star by Scott Allen. I was like, what, what character can I come up with that will sing this song? Uh, what kind of situation would she be in? Um, and I was also obsessed with Matilda at that point. And the Mrs. Wormwood character, I just loved her, but she's hilarious. And so I wanted to do a character with like that accent and, and bits of Mrs. Wormwood in it. And so that's how the first cabaret was born. But then from there, I just, I always want to play a character, but I know some people like doing cabarets where it's more like a, their own review and they, they're themselves and they sing their own songs. They tell their own story but I just love creating quirky characters and telling their story. And that's what I, that's what I always do in my cabarets, but everyone's different. So. Yeah. And it's what you want to do really as well. It's up to you. What do you want to create as well? Exactly. And it should be a passion project always. I find that cabarets are, they're the best when they're something that you're passionate about and something that you enjoy doing and, and you want to, put out for people to enjoy. Do you ever get, um, what do you call it, creative or writer's block, especially when you were creating the cabaret, did you ever get like doubts like, oh my gosh, am I doing this right? Definitely. My first cabaret flowed like I just wrote it so easily and it was so exciting for me. But the second cabaret I had to do um, because I had to do it for an assessment and I had no clue what I wanted to do. And there were definitely points where I thought, oh, I'm just going to scratch this whole thing and start again because this is not <laughs> any good. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, this isn't as good as, as my last one. You know, I kept comparing it and things like that. But um, I had such great mentors around me who helped me uh, come up with something that I was really proud of in the end. Speaking of assessment and mentors and such, you completed a diploma in musical theatre with BAMPT. Can you talk us through the importance of training and what you've taken from learning at BAMPT into the real world? Real also, world? I hate that saying, but you know what I mean. Also, um, what's BAMPT? Well, BAMPT is the Brisbane Academy of Musical Theatre. And when I did it, it was a certificate for a musical theatre mm-hmm. and a diploma in musical theatre course. Um, I think now they focus more on the performance course and doing training to get to a level where you can do all of those performance course things. But yeah, I think training is really important. I think it's one of the most important things for any artist. I think you shouldn't ever stop training, but that's just being a lifelong learner. I think my mum always said that to me. She was always like, be a lifelong learner, Maddie. You've never learned enough. Keep, keep learning, keep putting yourself in situations where you're going to keep growing. I think training in any form is good though. I don't think you necessarily have to go and do a big bachelor, you know, three year course. Um, You don't even have to go do an accredited course. If you're just putting yourself in a situation where you're learning from, I mean, seasoned professionals is the best opportunity. If if, even if someone's doing a masterclass or something, go to it and and learn and put yourself in the situation where you will be able to take as much as you can to help you grow your craft. It's so important because otherwise you just get lost and you get stuck behind everyone else who 
is putting themselves in those situations that they can do that. Awesome. Have you done any training since you've been overseas? Or like anything else to keep yeah, yourself I've fresh? Yeah, I've done... Well, what's great over here is that there's people from all aspects of their performing lives. So there's a lot of people here who will put on classes. And so I always try and go to those, um, put myself in situations where I can just keep training because I don't want to just be a sitting duck. And I don't ever want to think just because I'm employed at the moment that I don't have anything else to learn. I do singing lessons still, keeping on top of my vocal technique and health because that is so important. And I often read plays because if I don't, like, for example, if I don't have a book I want to read in particular, I'm like, okay, what play can I read and what can I, what can I go and study and sort of break down as well? Because it's so good to read plays because then you get such a wide range of material and repertoire and and knowledge that you can pick from as you go through. Right on. It's amazing. (laughs) Well, we are, we are hearing amazing things that you do and it's extraordinary. What would be (laughs) the one piece of advice you would give for emerging artists or people who are interested in musical theatre even and would like to pursue something in what you're maybe doing right now? I think do everything with a fearless amount of passion I think that will always, always put you above and beyond anyone else who is just doing it because they need to pay the bills or they need anything like that. You know, passion is the most important thing. And if you're passionate about it, then you should follow it wholeheartedly every single time. I think always have a growth mindset always take in what other people around you are doing and constantly learn from the people around you because that will help you unlike anything else. Put yourself in situations where you're out of your comfort zone because even though it's scary at the time, those situations are always the ones that you look back on and reflect and go, wow, I'm so glad I did that. Oh, for sure. Definitely. Love your advice. It's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of situations, we saw you in Carol's in the House and loved you. Your voice is beautiful. Um, can you talk you. about if there's been many other performance opportunities happening for you outside of work and Carol's in the House? <laughs> <laughs> I think um, it's been hard this past year. There were a lot of things planned sort of outside of work. I was going to put on a production of Songs for a New World with one of my best friends here. But it's all had to be postponed because there's nowhere we can perform it and there's no people who can come. The situation in Japan with the pandemic is just getting increasingly worse still. Um, Like Australia is so blessed and so lucky that the cases are so low and that live theatre still can happen now. I can't wait for that to happen in Japan because there's so many creative people here with so many different ideas you know, there's people writing things, like writing plays and things like that, that they just want to show to an audience. But we just can't do that at the moment, unfortunately. With um, you performing in Japan, do you have to keep your distance with the audience members? Do you have to wear a mask? Yeah, we have to constantly social distance. They're, the audience, they all stand on little dots sort of painted out for them They because they all have to social distance. We don't wear masks on stage but we wear them everywhere else because we have to. Um, There's hand sanitizer everywhere. The guests are constantly sort of like, uh, I think it's two metres away from us. They have to constantly be. We just have to be really careful and not 
talk when we're walking through to get off stage or anything like that. We just have to be really, really careful. It's crazy new restrictions now, eh? Mm. Well, what, what was <laughs> yeah. the impact to the parks when we, we call it Miss Coco on here? <laughs> uh, what, was, <laughs> what was the impact on, on your park specifically when Miss Coco came to town? Yeah, well, we shut down, actually. Everything was closed in all of Japan uh, for two weeks at the beginning of the pandemic. And we all thought we were just having like a little two-week vacation that we'd go back um, and continue performing. But that didn't happen. Um, and we were all not working for about three months. Um, and it was pretty much all of Japan was in shutdown for three months and nothing was happening. It was just everyone was quarantined and it was so quiet and no one was doing anything. We're all just sitting around waiting to go back to work. But when we did go back, that's when all the restrictions were put in place with performing and there was a limit on the amount of people who could come and see our shows. And um, obviously everyone has to wear a mask and it was really, really slow, gradual change to bring everyone back in to everything, I think they only let like a certain, a really small amount of people in at the beginning to see our shows. It's a bit bigger now, but even then, like people don't want to come see see shows even because it's just, it's a risk, you know, yeah. with the amount of corona cases going on at the moment. So, yeah. Yeah. Hope you're staying safe over there, by the way. Mm. <laughs> Please stay safe. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I am. <laughs> So you've had you've had three months of lockdown. How did you sustain your craft and your performance abilities? How were you how were you able to keep it intact? Yeah, it was hard. It was hard to find motivation at first because it's sort of again, it, it also seemed like a holiday at first. So we were all just sort of relaxing. But when it seemed to never end, that's when um we all sort of got a kick in the butt and we were like, all right, let's, we got to keep, keep moving and keep doing things. I sung every single day. Um, I took singing lessons, uh, over Skype and things like that to keep myself active and my voice active. Luckily, again, I, I live with performers. And so there was constantly like classes going on and people just wanting to sing with you, you know, like, oh, come over and have a sing because um, we were all together. So we didn't have to social distance from each other, which was really lucky. Uh, luckily, I have a boyfriend who plays piano. So I would just go and sing with him and he would he would just accompany me and things like that. Yeah, going for runs and things like that to just keep active, taking that like 30 minutes of exercise, you know, that you're allowed outside a day just taking every opportunity I could really to keep pushing myself and keep myself on the go. Otherwise I just would have gone insane. I think. Fair enough. Yes. That's fair. <laughs> fair enough. Very fair. We have a game and it's called dispel the spell. So cause you're a yeah. bit of a Hogwarts expert, we're going to read you a list of spells. Some are real, some are fake. And if they're real, you can, it's, it's spell. But if you think it's a fake one, dispel. All right. So it's up, <laughs> it's up to you whether it is a spell or a dispel. All right. Are you up for it? Test my knowledge. <laughs> yeah. All righty. The first one's super easy. Number one, spell or dispel, it's Lumos. That's a spell. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> yes. It's a light spell. <laughs> Everyone should know that if they know. <laughs> well, actually, side side note, I'm um, assistant directing Puffs later in the year and we've just found wands that light up at the end. So we're like, woo, we can do that trick. 
That'll be exciting. Um, number two, <clears throat> legilimency. That's a spell. Correct. You're doing really well. It's mind reading, yeah. Do you want to do <gasps> the third one? Thank you. Oh, I, I was worried about that one. <laughs> I did, it's the pause. <laughs> I don't know how to do the third one. Do you want me to do it? I yeah. practice saying it. I'll say I... the other one. Okay. But yeah, because I saw this one. I was like, oh, my God, how do you say that? <laughs> <laughs> Number three, Talantalegra. I have never heard of that before. <laughs> oh, no. Mm, I'm going to say dispel. That is false. It is a real spell. It makes, nice. it makes someone dance against their will. Wow. Yeah. So you can use that on your colleagues if, if you ever need some entertainment to rant Allegra. Yes. What are you like? I will do this to rant to Magnagra. That's close <laughs> enough. <laughs> close enough. All right. Do you want to do number four? Yes. All right. The fourth one is frittata. Dispel. Yes. <laughs> it's just an egg-based dish. <laughs> no magic. You can, you can make it to throw an eggplant egg dish at somebody. <laughs> you, you, yeah. So you can go, frittata. <laughs> <laughs> I just have this vision of you doing that. <laughs> Throwing frittatas across the room. <laughs> frittata. <laughs> okay. Do you want to do number five? I don't know how to say that one either. We're going to have a special guest because Priya knows how to say this spell. Priya, would you like to say this one? Number five. Number five, Sectum Sempra. That's the spell. It's real. <laughs> <laughs> it's a deep cut that cannot heal. It's one of the dark spells. Ooh. Ooh. So I think you got three out of five. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's a pass. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you're our first ever contestant on Dispel the Spell. So currently you hold the record. Yay. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> Spectacular. So this is only the start for you and you've already, you've achieved so much, but what goals do you have for down the line? Um, I want to, my big goal is to move to London. Um, I want to go and explore what opportunities there are to be had over there. Um, Hopefully the pandemic will calm down so that I can do that soon. I want to, I mean, the big goal is is to do professional musical theatre and do musicals and just live my life there <laughs> but um yeah I want to a big goal for me though is to uh have my own business on the side so that I don't ever have to go and work as a waitress or whatever I just I always I'm a big believer in only doing things that one is passionate about and so I want to do a small business on the side that I'm passionate about as well that can support me while I'm off doing auditions and things like that. Um, so that's a big plan that is kind of in the process now, which is exciting. So, Hell yeah. Do you have any dream roles that you want to do? Um, I mean, I'd love to be Mary Poppins. That's Aww. always been a big dream role. I'd love to do a, an original role, I think, one that hasn't been written yet. And it'll love be to... Madeline's iconic yeah. role. You can make Trudy <laughs> yeah. a full musical. Yeah, Trudy. Yeah. Make a full full two-act musical It's version. what she deserves. <laughs> <laughs> you could totally bring characters into that too. Like you could have like, I don't know, someone from front of house is like, Trudy, you can't be here. And she's like, but I have a dream. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And you could have like the theatre owner and even the performer who was supposed to be on the stage. When Comes on in crutches. Gone out to clean. 
<laughs> and then like a theatre ghost as well. Why not? It's like, Trudy, believe oh, yeah. in yourself. <laughs> believe they can in have yourself, their own Trudy. <laughs> also, it's a one-woman show. Yes. So no too. pressure. <laughs> <laughs> so we've been scrolling through the Instagram on the socials and we saw on the Truly Madly Made, which is an Instagram account that you've created. Is that correct? Yeah. So yeah. the bio just says a collection of bits and bobs made by Mads, cards, quotes, graphic design, portraits. What did, tell us more about it. Um, that was just like a little um, sort of project that I thought of during quarantine and it's definitely something that I hope to be able to grow into a small business I love doing homemade things I just think it's so fun my mum is a knitter she's knitted her whole life so that's always been really inspiring to me she just is she'll just sit and knit all day long um, when she's not at work obviously and so from that I learned card making from her and um, embroidery and I love drawing. I love doing graphic design. I think that's so fun. And I'd love to be able to explore. I don't know what in particular yet. That's why it's sort of like bits and bobs because I'm still kind of just having a go at everything to see which one maybe will stick or which ones. Maybe there'll be multiple, but hopefully it'll be a little bit of a um, income source in the future. So definitely. Awesome. And for those yeah. who are listening to the podcast, if you do want to follow it, it would be at Truly Madly Made. And we'll link it as well. Yes, it'll all be in the show notes Yay. for you as well. Yay, links. <laughs> Yay, links. <laughs> <laughs> Technology is so cool. <laughs> so are we going to do the grand question? Yes, you may. Okay. Alrighty. So this is a question that we normally ask for all of our guests that come on to the podcast. It's normally the end question, hype up question, because it's pretty common. So Theatre House is known for the home of theatre. So for you, born and raised in Brisbane, living in Japan. So the question is, where where is home to you? I think home will always be uh, Australia for me. Yeah. Definitely. It's where my family are, you know, and that's where I was raised and um, that's where I saw, you know, my first theatre production and where I was in my first theatre production. I think that will always be home. Awesome. I love that answer. And also, uh, before we end, where can people follow you? See <laughs> your creative performing and all your amazing things that you're doing and especially they want to see you, um, your adventures in Japan. Yeah. Well, um, my main, I guess, social media profile that I use is my Instagram and that's at mad underscore star. Um, and then I have a TikTok, which I don't know what it is, but I post little like Japan blogs on there and things like that. I think it's maybe like maddie.ratcliffe is my account on this. If you want to follow Japan blogs, you can go on over there and yeah. Awesome. Fab. Fab. <laughs> Fabulous. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us today. I hope you've had as much fun as we thank have. Thank you for having me. Anytime, anytime. And stay safe over there. Yes, please stay safe. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Will do. Thank you. And hopefully we can come watch soon. Yes. We miss Coco's yes. gone. <laughs> Bye, Coco. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> awesome. Stay safe, Madeline. Thank you. week we have quite a variety of playhouse picks for you all there's some old school classics there's some brand new shows and 
I'm just really excited about what March has in store for us Brizzy folks. I know, right? I'm saving up to go and see some of the picks for this week. I'd love to kick us off with an absolute classic. The producers from brand spanking new theatre company, Altitude Theatre. Now, the cast is filled with recently graduated performers, returning Brisbaneites, and just some really sparkly cool people. So you can catch all the hilarity at the powerhouse from the 4th to the 13th of March, and you'll find all the deets for the produceriness on Brisbane Powerhouse's website. Have you been to the Powerhouse before? Yeah, I saw a stand-up comedian there. Ooh. Um, must have been a year oh, – it wouldn't be more than a year ago now because I'm now remembering this time last year. Um, <laughs> yeah. It was, it was Danny Boy, the Scottish comedian. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, it's a beautiful venue too. And I, th- I think I've worked there once as well. Oh, look at you go. <laughs> I was, I was – yeah, yeah, I did a promotional event there. Ooh, I know. Pretty, love it. Oh, oh. Now, Brooke. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Chelsea. <laughs> now, Brooke. If I said I was going to take one of the most famous cooks in Australian history, write some songs about their life story and pop it all on the stage, what would you say? You're writing a show about me? (laughs) (laughs) Says Brooke, who's really good at making toast and cheese sandwiches, (laughs) and that's about it. Brooke Edwards, cheese toasting. What what else could it count? What? What What else? My thoughts exactly. Well, this next Playhouse pick just happens to combine all of these elements into Margaret Fulton, the musical. Ooh. Hey, I know, right? The whole show is based on Margaret Fulton's autobiography, I Sang for My Supper, and tells the story of her life from humble beginnings to foodie stardom. That's so wholesome. It's really wholesome. What's better is that tickets include a cheeky lunch. Lunch and a musical? Mm-hmm. Two of my greatest loves at once. <laughs> If you would like to grab your tickets for March the 21st matinee performance, head over to the loganentertainmentcentre.com.au. Now, this next production has been caught up with our dear friend, Miss Coco, Mm. for a while. Anyway, Brisbane audiences are finally going to be able to experience this brilliant new work by New York writer, Glace Chase. Yes, let's do this. Of course. Hello. We're talking about Triple X presented by Queensland Theatre. This production is an insightful exploration into the entitlement, hypocrisy and the realities of love in the 21st century. There's a lot going on here, but I think you need to check it out for yourself. So triple X, <laughs> okay? Triple X, T-R-I-P-L-E-X, not just like three X's, triple X, triple, triple, triple <laughs> yeah. word X the letter. We'll be playing at the Billy Brown Theatre from the 6th of March to the 1st of April. Just head on over to queenslandtheatre.com.au for all the deets. All the deets, girl. Now... This next show follows along a similar path to your playhouse pick, Brooke, (laughs) and invites audiences to enjoy the empowerment of the LGBTIQ plus community. Iconic drag artist, Courtney (gasps) Act. Courtney Act! Yeah! Courtney Act! What happened there? (laughs) Has created an all-new cabaret titled Fluid, which takes audiences on a journey of song, soul and sexuality. Go, Courtney. Go, Courtney. Honestly, their website describes the show as a pop cabaret, which just ticks all my boxes. The Brisbane Powerhouse will be featuring the powerhouse that is Courtney Act from the 18th to the 20th of March. All the booking and ticketing info can be found at brisbanepowerhouse.org. Fantastic. Now, as we say in every episode, all of the 
what was it that we were saying the other day? It was Juicy Delicious Links. Juicy Delicious. Juicy Delicious Links. You oh, find- <laughs> I was going to say Juicy Delicious Tasty Fullness. <laughs> oh, that's... Don't worry, forget that. Cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> no, we can leave it. We can leave it. That's fine. Oh. We can we can leave that in. Uh, all our links are in the show notes and hop on over to our Instagram as well. We, we pop some extra bits and bobs there. We put links to things we've spoken about because sometimes it's easier just to be on Instagram and then you tap like, you know, who's tagged in this photo? Oh, it's that theatre company and then their website's mm-hmm. right there. You don't have to type anything. Typing, ugh, who's doing that in 2021? Oh, uh, well, actually, what was the website again? Oh, yeah, um, theatrehouse.com. Are you going to do it? Oh, H-A-U-S. <laughs> I can't believe I forgot. I was like, is she going to do it yet? Because <laughs> oh, she normally I've does. I've forgotten where I've come from. There we go. I'm just getting you back to your old roots. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. H-A-U-S. Playhouse pod. H-A-U-S. Always H-A-U-S. <laughs> Until we tell you otherwise, it's H-A-U-S. Yes. Woohoo! Woohoo! Don't you just want to book a holiday now? Oh, if only. Oh, I'd love to go to Japan. Come on, Miss Coco. Make it happen. Taking, you're wasting my time. Hurry up. <laughs> Let's get out of here. Let's get out all. That's us to, to Miss Coco, not to you. you oh, yes. Listen as long as you would like. <laughs> yes. But, um, yes, that wraps up our episode. Yeah. She was so lovely to speak to. So nice. Speaking of nice people to speak to, mm-hmm. if you yourself are an emerging or established artist and you want to hop onto our show for a bit of a chat, hop on the Theatre House website, theatrehousehaus.com. There you go. Click on, <laughs> finally remembered, <laughs> click on the Playhouse link and there's a form for you to type into, type all your details. Mm-hmm. You don't have to give us your bank passwords or anything like that. Just, you know, your no. name, maybe like your email. The, the info that we need is on there. So you just look at that and then that will tell you all the info that you need. Now, for all of our muso roomies... Oh. Do we have a little treat for you next week? Is this the next guest for next week? Yeah. Tell me more. Okay. <clears throat> Our next guest is a multiple award winning New York based composer <gasps> who has been described as having an extraordinary gift for making music. What? And he wants to chat to us. Of all people, us. <laughs> all will be revealed in good time. Yes. All we know is that he's an Aussie icon. For music. We do usually do a little bit of a sneak preview before the episode comes out on our Instagram. So if you want to be in the yes. loop first, yeah. that's what to check out. At Playhouse Pod and all of our Facebook, Instagram, socials, we give you a little cheeky hint. A little cheeky hint for next week's yeah. episode. Yes. Lovely. I'm so excited. Alrighty, Brooke. Alrighty. That's a wrap up? That's a wrap. We're going to wrap up and we're going to head out of here. Woohoo. Grab a cheeky little drink. Oh, uh, stop it. Wine, cocktail, tequila. No, be once. safe. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, dear, are we a good influence on each other? Or a cheeky mocktail. Okay, anyway, we have to go. <laughs> yes. And see. Far out. <laughs> uh, that's not kind of productions podcast. What's your favourite TV show? What's your favourite movie? Do you think The Godfather is overrated? Then you've tuned into the right place. I'm Shane. I'm Josh. I'm Chanstar. And we're the Mighty Motion Picture Rangers. In-depth discussions on movies and TV, there's interviews, commentaries, and more top ten lists than you can imagine. It's all available at the Mighty Motion Picture Rangers, available wherever you get your podcasts, also available at that'snotcanonproductions.com.